Welcome to Rolling with Ray. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving and hope you have a great time with families and friends this week. In this episode of Rolling with Ray, you will meet Chris and Eddie Canales, who created and formed Gridiron Heroes Spinal Cord Foundation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. The foundation provides immediate as well as long-term resources and support to individuals sustaining a catastrophic spinal cord injury through activities associated with high school football. I will interview the father and son duo as they describe their challenges of life and of course the foundation. At this time, it's my honor and my privilege to introduce you to Eddie and Chris Canales. Guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. So, Chris, uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, how you became a quadriplegic? I, uh, I broke my neck playing football. Um, and about 21 years ago, uh, on uh, November 2nd, 2001, uh, my senior year of high school, it was our last home game, fourth quarter, four minutes left in the game. I made a touchdown saving tackle. But along with that, I uh, broke my neck making that tackle. So um, from there, life changed completely. What, did you sustain that uh, broken neck at the C5, C6 vertebrate or, or C4 yes, or 5? Yeah, broke my C5, C6. Yes. Hmm. Man, I know, I know the feeling because uh, I'm a C5, 6 quadriplegic, and uh, I, I know exactly what, uh, what you're going through and stuff. Chris, you stayed in a rehab center. Uh, for several months. Uh, can you describe to our viewers what the hardest part of that rehab stay was? Well, when I got injured, um, it was during the holidays. Uh, so I stayed in uh, ICU for about a month. So during Thanksgiving, I was in ICU, which was not fun. And then uh, right after that, going to rehab during Christmas was not fun either. So being away from uh, family and being away from like your friends at school, that was really hard. Uh, one of the hardest things for me was I was an all-state punter and I had scholarships to play football and everything was just taken away. So being in rehab for about three and a half months is just time thinking about that really uh, brought me down. So just, uh, just the isolation part of it, not being able to see friends that much. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just hard. Uh, just the rehab part of it was hard, too. You know what? I can relate because uh, when I got hurt, it was the spring of 1981, and I was going into the summer months, and I stayed in the rehab for five months. And, uh, yes, I can relate to all the things that you're talking about, uh, you know, some of the isolations. Uh, but you know what? The bottom line is uh, I had a strong family support uh, I'm sure as well as you did. And without that family support, there's no way I would have been able to get through what, what I got through. And I'm sure it's probably the same situation with you. Yeah, Chris never was by himself. Uh, either I was there, my wife was there, my parents were there. Somebody was always with Chris at the time. And so that family support is, is very big. Uh, you know, for us, it was very big. Absolutely. Uh, you got to have that strong family support and the love from your families and relatives. So I totally understand. Eddie, can you tell me how uh, you started uh, and why you started Gridiron Heroes? 
you know, when Chris got hurt, coaches didn't know what to do, where to go, how to help. They didn't really have a, a understanding of what a spinal cord injury entailed. And, um, you know, there was coaches that were under the impression that Chris would uh, go to rehab for eight to six, you know, six to eight weeks and be back out there on the field. And so there was really no, no help or support system. And um, how we ended up starting Gridiron Heroes was probably at Chris's worst point, um, the one-year anniversary date of his injury. He started to shut down, didn't want to eat, didn't want to do therapy, and just didn't want to get out of the house or anything. But, you know, we would still watch football on, on TV. And just to get him out of the house, I, I took him to a state championship football game. And it was being played at the Alamo Dome. I said, let's go to a football game. So hopefully, to, you know, snap him out of that that downward spiral. Uh, I took him to that game. And as uh, I guess the Lord would have it, we ended up witnessing another young man, Corey Fulbright from Everman, go down with a spinal injury. And Chris really knew right away because we were watching through binoculars and didn't see any movement in, in his hands or arm. And... Um, at that point, you know, it was one year to his anniversary date of his injury. And it was the first high school game that he had been to since his injury. And um, he just turned to me and said, Dad, I know what he's going to go through. You know what the family's going to go through. We need to go help. And so uh, that was the inspiration behind starting Gridiron Heroes and, and being there for families. We've never looked back. We just, you know, we get a call. We try to go and visit with the families. and. Uh, guide them through the process, uh, all the paperwork, making sure that they know who their case manager is and the case manager is doing their job to help that family. And so, uh, you know, we try to be there for those families and, and guide them through the whole process. I, absolutely. I totally understand that. Uh, Eddie, can you tell us uh, how many families the foundation has helped? Over the last uh, 20, 18 years, we have now uh, up to 40 families. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. So, um, you know, of course, we'd like to be able to not have to help any families, you know, during football season, but uh, we're averaging anywhere from um, two to three a year here in Texas, um, nationwide, anywhere from 10 to 12 a year nationwide. Uh, on the rise this year, uh, last few years, has been traumatic brain injuries. There has been quite a few because we get those calls for that as well. Um, you know, it's uh, traumatic brain injury has gotten a lot more attention or concussions and things like that. Can you also talk a little bit to, to let our viewers know about how much a financial burden this has put on the family due to a spinal cord injury? Because I, when I got hurt, had my mom and dad had not insurance, I don't know what we would have done. But right. uh, I can tell you it was in the hundreds of thousand dollars and yes. med in medical bills. But can you exactly yeah. explain? To you know, a lot of times, a lot of times, a lot of people don't realize that uh, with our kids going in school, not all schools uh, are required to have catastrophic policies. Um, that's uh, if you're in a larger school district, a lot of times they will carry it. But some of the smaller school districts don't have a catastrophic policy. They just have a basic ten thousand ten thousand dollar policy, which really you know it doesn't cover much. Um, they wouldn't even cover 190 ICU. For the most part, uh, to give you an example, our first hospital bill was $765,000. Wow. Uh, our second bill was uh, almost $780,000. It was just, it was very high. 
and we had three bills that big. I mean, it was it was a lot. But and of course, um, my wife and, and one of the reasons I became Chris's caregiver was because my wife had my two boys on her insurance plan. She's an educator, and so she had uh, the boys on her insurance plan. And it was just a matter of economics, in a sense, that in order to keep the insurance, she had to continue working. So I ended up uh, making the decision that I would uh, become Chris's caregiver and take care of him. Wow. I just wanted to make sure that our viewers know that uh, it's a financial burden that, that is placed on the family. And when it's not initially uh, just the, you know, when it happens, it's, it's life, uh, you know, long-term. Long yeah. Long because term. Uh, there are things that a lot of times people don't realize that Medicaid or insurance won't pay for. And so, uh, I'll give you an example. One of the young men that we had was uh, uh, 14 years old when he got hurt. Um, um, he was a you know, football player. He outgrew his chair in two years, but Medicaid and insurance stipulates you have to be in a wheelchair for five years before you can get a new one. Well, he was a full quad. He controlled that wheelchair with his hand. In order to get him a new wheelchair, that was a $45,000 piece of equipment. Uh, we've, we've been able to donate vans as well. Um, wheelchair accessible vehicles, Right now, a new one costs eighty-three thousand dollars. Correct. But you know, we were we we've done fifteen of those vans at a cost of anywhere between fifty-four thousand to seventy-five thousand dollars. That's correct. Uh, that, that's uh, that's unbelievable, and I, I appreciate you guys doing that. And so, the funds that y'all do raise actually goes back into the families. That goes on and helps uh, support the the long-term care for, like, example, the the handicapped wheelchair accessible vans, and also medical bills. Uh, that maybe that may be outstanding. Is that is yeah? That not correct? so much the medical bills. It's more of the equipment that they need. Uh, uh, you know, the supplies that they need. Uh, a lot of times, what happens initially, like I said, when we get the call, we'll go and visit with the family at the hospital. But what we'll end up doing is, once we know the severity of the injury, then we can go back to that football community and guide them on how best to help that family. Because there are people that want to help but don't know what to do. And so, uh, you know, again, as we know the severity of the injury, then we can go back to that football community and, you know, make sure that they understand that, you know, there are some modifications that need to be done in the house. Uh, we need to raise money for that. Um, you know, modifications that can be done, you know, for the restroom facilities and that, you know, money needs to be raised for that. So we can kind of guide those families in that football community and, uh, and go from there. Where we come back into play a lot of times is after they graduate from high school, because there's always a little bit of help the first six months a year. Then it kind of uh, kind of goes off a little bit and withers down. Uh, but then when they graduate from high school, that support system is gone, and that's where we really come back into play. And uh, you know, we keep up with our families. Um, that's one of the things kind of a little bit different from us is, is that we keep up with our families. You know, that's great. Does your foundation just help uh, football players or do they help other organizations or other uh, sports? Uh, like if somebody gets hurt playing soccer or, or baseball, is it just well, directly football? Yeah, financially, it's, it's you know, our, uh, our incorporation, you know, our letters of incorporation states that it's got to be football injury. But it doesn't cost us anything to be able to guide the families and give them someone that they can talk to. Uh, again, like going back to that school, uh, we've had calls for a cheerleader, we've had calls for a baseball player sliding in a home plate that broke his neck, um, calls for a lacrosse player, wrestler, 
um, you know, so we can go and guide those families and, and help them and uh, help that community on, on helping that family. So that doesn't cost us anything. And if we right. can do that, you know, we're, we're making a difference, you know. That's great. Sometimes initially when we started, it wasn't about raising money. It was more about just being there for the family, for having someone that they can talk to. Absolutely. And then for Chris, you know, to be able to have, uh, you know, somebody else that that's going through it and living it every day that they can talk to. Sure. And so uh, you know, that's the bond that uh, we create with all of these kids. Uh, you know, that it, and I say kids now, some of them are grown men, like Chris now. You know, we, you know, I keep saying kids because when we first started with them, they were kids. But, sure. uh, you know, uh, a lot of them have, have grown and have been injured for a while now. Does Gridiron Heroes help uh, athletes outside of Texas? or yes. and, and are you all nationwide? Yeah, we're nationwide now. I, we don't have any... Uh, affiliates or anything like that, you know, nationwide. But uh, again, if we can help the families, uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we've been able to help families with with funeral arrangements and things like that. That, um, you know, what we are facing a lot of times, uh, we have a lot of single moms out there. You know, again, we were blessed because my wife allowed us basically to do what we do because she had a good job. But there are a lot of single moms out there that are struggling. Now, we used to send uh, Walmart cards uh, before the COVID hit, you know, mm -hmm. when we were raising funds and stuff before COVID, uh, we would send $100 a month in the form of a Walmart card. Doesn't sound like much, but that $100, you know, when we had to cut it off after we ran out of funds, we I had to write letters, but I got a lot of emails and text messages and said, you know, thanking me for all the years that we've been able to do that. He says, you don't realize how much you've been able to put food on our table by doing that. That's awesome. So it's just the little things like that, that, you know, that we've been able to do and we sometimes you know we don't we just do it we you know I, I, again we keep up with our families and we let them know that hey if we have funds we're going to share it with you you know and so that's what we try to do that's great that y'all actually do that and give back to the community and especially those type of resources that uh, the people can reach out to i tell you one of the things an example of, of uh, a young man that we donated a van to Oh, it's always touching because it's it's uh, it's life changing when they have a van like that. Uh, they did a TV interview, a news station interviewed this young man that uh, DeAndre Preston, and they asked him, "What's the first thing you'd like to do when you get that van?" He said, "Well, man, I haven't been out of my my house in two years." Wow. He said, so the first thing I'd like to do is be able to go through a Jack in the Box and order a hamburger. <laughs> you know, something as simple as that that we take for granted that can be life changing for these families. You know. Wow. Well, I can recall when I first got hurt, uh, there was a local dealership by a guy by the name of Frank Parra. He actually donated a van to me uh, that was fully handicap accessible with the wheelchair lift, and and I was able to drive, and so uh, with hand controls. And so, had I not had that vehicle, uh, I, I don't know what I would have done because uh, I would, I guess, I'd be transferring in and out of cars uh all the way throughout my high school days and college days but uh frank para actually helped us or helped me get my first vehicle when i was newly injured can you tell me about one of your programs called uh heroes on the road i've heard a lot about that program up here in dallas and i know y'all are going to be spending some time up here this weekend at a college football game yes um I go out and get some sponsorships. So the heroes on the road is be able to get the, our families and take them to football games. You know, uh, Chris and I do a lot of traveling 
during the offseason. We go to coaching clinics, athletic trainer conferences, AD conferences. But we get to meet a lot of times the the head coaches for some of these universities. And so they appreciate what we do and have invited us to bring some of the guys to the games. But it also, you know, so I'll, I'll go out and I'll get some sponsorships to allow us to do that. And so what we're able to do is is keep up with our families, you know, come together, we have a, a nice bond and uh, uh, tailgate with, you know, someone there at the game. And uh, we, uh, we are able to keep up with the families. That way we know how else we can help the families. And, you know, that again, that kind of makes us a little bit different because we were, we are, you know, close knit. I, I've got 40 families, but all of them, you know, we know each other and we keep up with each other. That's great. I've got a you know, group of kids out of uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We have a, another group, uh, 10 to 12 in, in the Houston area, 10 to 12 in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And then, you know, we have some down in the Valley, uh, about three in the West Texas, and then four uh, between San Antonio and Austin with a couple of you know, here in this area as well. That, that, that's great that the, they're still being involved and they, they're still being able to go and participate and actually attend a, a high school and college game. Is that correct? You take them to college and high school games? Uh, it's basically just to get them out of the house and let them mingle with each other, you know, it's have somebody else to talk to. That's great. How involved are you guys in the uh, San Antonio Quarterback Club? I've been reading a lot about that too, about uh, uh, I guess they meet on a monthly basis during the fall. And uh, tell us a little bit about your the San Antonio Quarterback Club. Uh, so we've been involved with them for about 16 years now. Um, it's, it's basically uh, one of the oldest uh, quarterback clubs in the nation. And it's a, it's a bunch of businessmen who get together and basically talk and uh, talk about football and we uh, bring in speakers, coaches, uh, or people involved with uh, football or different sports and help them come in and uh, we just listen to them speak. And we, I mean, we have a good time. That's great. That's awesome. They raise money for Gridiron Heroes. We're, we're the nonprofit that they support. Um, and, you know, it's been a good partnership for us in that sense. Uh, they raise about $10,000 for us each year. So great. it's, a, you know, can you guys tell me how you guys uh, help the writers of a movie TV show called Friday Night Lights? Well, when um, Friday Night Lights was being um, researched, um, Peter Berg, the movie director, was researching um, uh, here in Texas because Friday Night Lights, you know, it's about Texas football. <clears throat> so he was following a team and uh, was on the sidelines when uh, he witnessed um, David Edwards go down with a spinal injury and um, it, it affected him. We didn't know really why at the time, how why it affected him. You know, we got to meet him and he said he wanted to help Gridiron Heroes and he wanted to help that young man. And so uh, at the time, uh, we, we finally realized that when he was an actor, when Peter Berg was an actor coming up, he had played the role of Dennis Berg, the paralyzed football player from the Jets. So he had an idea of what this young man was going to go through. And so it kind of, it did affect him. So he, he invited Chris and I to, to be in the movie Friday Night Lights. Uh, we went to the shoots in, in Odessa and Houston and uh, Austin. And uh, we were part of uh, uh, the movie shoot. And then when they decided to take it and turn it into a TV series, uh, Pete asked us to work with the writers of the show. 
And so, you know, if you've seen the show, you know, you know that in the first episode, uh, someone suffers a spinal injury. Sure. And so part of that storyline is- That's great. Is, that's great. That's, that's, that's great that you guys are giving back to that. One last question I have before I wrap this up is that uh, if somebody that's out there listening and watching, uh, who do they need to contact? And can you give us your website uh, of who they need to contact uh, regarding Gridiron Heroes? You can visit our website at www.gridironheroes.org or uh, you could contact uh, basically my dad <laughs> at okay. uh, 210-849-9250. Um, I mean, we get calls pretty much 24-7, so I mean, we're up late. It's um, another thing with a lot of our guys is uh, we're night owls or we're up pretty late, uh, usually around three to four o'clock in the morning. Um, so, I mean, call us anytime if you need help. Um, hopefully, uh, you don't have to call us about an injury, but we're there to help if you do. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate your time and I, I, I'm appreciative that uh, all the great things you are doing in San Antonio and across the state of Texas and of course nationwide. I appreciate all your help and everything that y'all are doing to give back to the community. Thank Should you, you have, thank you very much. Should you have any questions, please contact me at raysertabook at gmail.com or visit my website called www.thelifeididn'texpect.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on my YouTube channel called Rolling With Ray. Make sure to subscribe. Thank you so much for watching and listening to me. I look forward to inspiring you, my followers, in my next podcast. Thank you very much.